Okay, switch gears. <laughs> uh, this morning, um, John is on vacation. Uh, he is gone to, I think, the uh, someplace up in Nebraska. I, I don't understand that, but, but uh, <laughs> someplace I think in the Badlands. He's looking for a Badlands. So anyway, so. He's heading in that direction, so yeah, good for him. <laughs> hope, just hope it's less humidity, that's all I hope. All right, all right. so we are continuing on here in the book of Romans, and if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the first chapter, or the two Romans, the book of Romans, and uh, last, uh, as if you're newer with us here this morning, we have had uh, several of the uh, staff uh, bring different uh, sermons from the book of Romans. John's been carrying the, do the heavy lifting on this book, of course, but uh, we are in chapter 4 of the book of Romans, and uh, here's, here's kind of my, my, my proposition here to you this morning. Uh, when I was in college, one of my professors said, one of the first things you do, you write on your, your sermon notes, first top of the page is, what is your proposition? What did you want to tell these people? And then that begins to give you a direction. So I'm going to give you kind of where I'm going with this so that if I uh, stumble along the way, at least you go, oh, I think I know what he's trying to do. Okay, so, so we'll, we'll do it that way. So we were in the book of Romans, and we're on the fourth chapter. And uh, one of the key things that we've been looking at in the book of Romans is uh, the, the key scriptures. Now, here's a test for you. Uh, this is pop quiz. Pop quiz is, where do you find the main thesis, proposition, uh, main plan, the that Paul reveals in the book of Romans? Just anybody. Don't raise your hand all at once. Okay. All right. Um, uh, good. Thank you, Ben. Oh, she was looking at her notes. Yeah, you can use your notes in this pop quiz. All right. Because that, that, is, that is the main, the, the main core, this, the text. That is his property. That's what he wrote at the top of his message in Romans. Now, you do know that this book, the book of Romans, created one of the great upheavals in Europe, creating the Reformation movement. And, and just totally blew apart what was, what was once the uh, Roman church and the Eastern Orthodox church. Just totally turned the world upside down. And probably, whether you realize it or not, some fingerprints of that are on your life today. And actually even caused a revolution in the, not only in the church world, but also a revolution in the whole political world has been changed because of this, because of this, the study of this book and coming through some of the, uh, the, the scholarship that came through this book. So this, this is a, this is a, a life-changing book here. This, this is, this is, this is bigger than the Constitution of the United States. <laughs> okay, so we get into this book, and we get to this one scripture says here, Paul says, this is from the two, uh, today's living translation there, in case you don't recognize it, because you were using English Standard Version there in that booklet. But, for I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. So we, the, the good news, the gospel, salvation through Jesus Christ is, is there. Now, some of you are saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we know that. That's an easy one. Okay, it, it is easy on this side of the cross and for, you, for us here in, in the Christian culture 
uh, that, that has been exposed to that. But, but that's a new, whole new thing here. So saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile, the good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. All right, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. That's a foundational thing here. Start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person, righteous person has life. So it is faith is the key. Now, last week, John talked about the two families. Remember that? Three people, two. Okay, good. All right, talked about the two families. And he talked about it, Abraham's family with Hagar, Abraham's family with Sarah. And he talked about the two families. And the reason he talked about the two families is because there is a problem in the Jewish mind. Because in this church in Rome, the historical context is the church in Rome was originally started after Acts 2, the, the, the scattering of the, of the Christians to Rome. And the Christians went to, some of them went to Rome. They started a church there, the Jewish Christians. And it had a Jewish fingerprints all over it from the Old Testament history. But then the Roman government dispersed them and got rid of the Jews and threw them out of Dodge. And then the Gentiles that were, came in influence of the faith grew the church in Rome. And then when the Jewish people came back, they scratched their head and they said, Huh, you're not, you don't understand this concept of law. And the Gentiles said, Well... We don't really into that Old Testament stuff. We aren't doing sacrificial system. We're under the cross of Christ and the grace of Christ. And they said, yeah, yeah, we know that. So, so Paul writes his book and says, let's get this clear that there is one and only way to have life as a Christian, and that is through faith. So, and, and this, so faith becomes the key term. And if you listen carefully through every one of these messages of faith, 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 faith. So he's defining it. This is what blew up Martin Luther sitting over there in some castle in Germany. And he said, oh, and he was in the castle because he was thrown out of Rome because he read the book of Romans. As a Roman priest, he was thrown out. And some rich castle German said, you live with me. Because I like this idea of faith. So, so, so that idea there, that's, that's the foundational thing uh, of our relationship with Christ. Okay, so what I've decided to do here, I'm gonna, I've called this title of this message, uh, 10, what did I call it here? 10 Tough Tips for Life. The life comes, remember everybody that has faith has life. So this fourth chapter of Romans Paul comes through that first chapter with all this heavy theology, with all this uh, study of the Old Testament law. It's not going to be by law that you're going to be accounted righteous. And the conflict is, is all the Jews said, I like Abraham. He's our boy. And Jesus says, yeah, but he didn't have the law. And they go, ooh. How's that work? How come God likes Abraham so much? And he didn't have law, because law was after him. And Paul says, the reason is because he exercised faith. And when he did, it was counted to him as righteousness. Jews said, yeah, but what about all these Old Testament laws that you said we get righteous by? Well, the truth is, Abraham was not perfect, and he was not made righteous because of what he, his faith. The Jews kept the law, were not made righteous because they kept the law, because they didn't, nor did Abraham. 
Because when Sean brought out in that first part of that, is that we're, we don't, aren't saved by works, we're saved by grace. John says, yeah, well, we're saved by faith. But the problem was, wait a minute. Wait a minute. All this Old Testament stuff and keeping laws, and now we're saved by grace through faith? Did God screw up with the law? I mean, did God, did he did a build back better plan and then said, that won't work. Let's do a inflation reduction plan. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, see that's, that's what we do as men. We always have plans and we change our plans because the last plan didn't quite work like we thought it was gonna work. So did God, did God in heaven go, oh my goodness, I can't believe this, Jesus. We had this law all set up and you lo and behold, they blew it. What are we going to do now? I know. Let's come up with a faith idea. Well, what, what Romans says is God never did it that way. It was all about faith. So here's the thing. Now, people throw this word faith around like it's pennies. And everybody's got, everybody's got faith in this country. I mean, you can go from, from Roman Catholicism to Unitarianism. And we all got faith, baby. Everybody's talking about faith. You ever notice on the news? Well, the, there's the NGOs are working in Ukraine. Non-governmental agencies, organizations that have a lot of Christian basis, like World, World Vision and, 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 and many others. So, so, but they will have some kind of a faith base. So we have talk about, we have a faith community. And, the, and, the, and politicians love that term. Well, we're going to speak to the faith community today. Well, the faith community is every place. So what is this faith? So Paul, Paul decides through the Holy Spirit that we're going to focus on one individual. All of a sudden in chapter 4, Paul says, enough theology. Let's talk about people. One person that exemplifies faith. So tough tips for faith here. So we're going to take a look at some of the faith in Abraham's life. So that's how I'm going here. Now, the other thing is, because of time, I will drop some of the 10. Almost guarantee it. And, and if you don't get the full 10 in that one I drop, well, it's just you're going to have to take your chances. Okay. All right. All right. So number one here. Uh, slide number one. Um, Faith comes to those who seek him. Faith comes to those that seek him. Now, this, this, is, this is sort of a foundational one here. It, it, and in 1 Chronicles 16.9, um, no, excuse me, back up. 1 Chronicles uh, 28.9, uh, it says this, For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek him, you will be, yeah, he will be found by you. But if you seek him, he will reject you forever. Ooh, that's kind of hurtful. God pushes us around, doesn't he know who I am? I should always get a second chance. But he says here, if, he, if you seek him, he will be found. Now this context of this verse is in the context of Solomon. I mean, this is the big dude, man. This is son of David, Solomon, the wealthy, the great, the wisest. And God says, if you don't go for me, seek me, you will not get it. So there's a seeking here. Now, John 6 says that Jesus, uh, Jesus said that my father is always at work, and one of the works that he always does every day is call all, draw all men unto him through his spirit. 
So this is something that is kind of, kind of an edgy thing here. It is God speaks through every heart. Romans, Paul says in Romans 1, that every, the, way, the, the presence of God is revealed to all mankind. In other words, even if you don't say, I don't believe in God, I would never believe in God, and done with God. But there's a heart call of the Spirit upon our hearts that says there's a right and there's a wrong, and you feel it and you'll know it, but there is a desire to say, I want to seek it. All of us have been in the situation, eh, oh, yes, we have, where we know what we're going to do, we shouldn't do. How many? Three. The rest of you really should have raised your hand. We do that because we know there's a, there's a God calling our hearts saying, Alan, mm -mm. I know all the answers. Don't bother me, God. So there is, there is that seeking there. And then uh, in Romans 4.16, which is where John left off last Sunday, is so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it. If, that's the conditional clause, if is a condition, if you, we have the faith like Abram's, Abraham. So now we begin to see it's not just some fluff, I got faith, I feel, I feel spiritual. No, what is the faith of Abraham? What does it look like? So that's why Paul pulls Abraham into this. Now the interesting thing about Abraham is, Abraham appears in the, one of the biggest books in the Bible, Genesis, 14 chapters! No wonder Paul went to this illustration in Romans. 14 chapters in the book of Genesis, he appears in 24 of the 66 books of the Bible. No wonder he went to Abraham. And, and, there, and there are key discussions, key discussions, key theological discussions, every duty theological discussions that appear in Genesis, Romans, Galatians, and in the book of Hebrews. So this dude, his lifestyle and what he did and didn't do is big stuff. If we want faith, that is going to give us life. Abraham's the key to it. So here we go. So, so we need to have a desire to seek him, to look for him. And remember, Adam and Eve got to take walks with God in the cool of the evening in the garden because they were seeking him. When they stopped seeking, it was humid. Okay, it was, not, it was no more cool the evening in the garden. It was all over, okay. And, and, and Noah said, man, this is a miserable world. I, God, you, you, it's never rained in one drop in a million years. What, are, what is rain? Okay, I'll build an ark. So, but God came through. So there was people that did seek him. There was the Moses. There was the Noah. There was the, there was the, 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 the Bedouin shepherd Mo, uh, uh, Moses that decided to, Become the God took to become the he was looking for something different and something better, some real true God. He was seeking, he was knocking on the door. He got thrown out of one company because he was a country because he was looking and ends up taking people to freedom after 400 years in prison in captivity of slaves. There's Peter and the, and the fishermen in their boats. They were saying, You know what? These fish stink. There's got to be more to life than stinky fish. And, and on the two of the roads, Emmaus said, Our hearts burn within us. 
If there, so there has to be a desire to seek. That becomes a key thing here. That's a key thing this morning. Has to have a, you have to be honest with your heart. Honest with who you are. Okay, slide number two. Tip number two. Faith comes to those who deserve it. Don't deserve excuse me. That don't deserve it. That's a real important word there. <laughs> who don't deserve it. I like this messenger paraphrase on this verse from Romans 5.8. It's, it's, it's still there in your English standard, whatever you were using. But God put his love on the line for us, for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of, and I like this last part, we are of no use to him whatsoever. We're a bunch of losers that can't add a dime to anything. Now, Abraham came from a country called, a uh, city called Ur. And, 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 if, and you go down and look at the geological studies, uh, archaeological studies of Ur, uh, they had running water. They actually had, there's evidence of inside toilets. See, when did we get an inside toilet in Union? 18, so, inside toilets. It was a wealthy place. It, it was a part of the Chaldean Empire. It was, it was powerful. And someplace in the midst of that wealth, Abraham said, this is not doing it. This is not doing it. There's got to be something more. So he became, have to have, he became, had a seeking heart, and he stepped outside of his seeking heart. But the one big important point on this, when you look at the life of Abraham, you go back in Genesis there, about chapter 11, you read the genealogy of Abraham, Terah, then Abraham, and Nahor, the son of the sons, then, and then it is, and there's Sarah, who was barren. I always wonder why. Holy Spirit always put that stuff in there. So why? They were not, they were people just like us. God didn't need them. But he loved them. So uh, what, is, what is a saving faith? What's a faith family looks like? Comes to an awareness. It's not my greatness that God gives me the good news. It's his greatness. Okay, tip number three. Faith comes to those who are willing to sacrifice and separate. The Lord uh, uh, said to Abraham, leave your country. <laughs> leave. This is a wealthy place. And so he took his father, he, he, his father took him and his brother and his family and Abraham's family and Lot, his nephew, because his Lot's dad died. And so they all packed up and they went to Haran. Haran from Ur is not that far, but if you were on a camel's back, you probably would agree it was very far. All right, so they went there and, and, they, and their whole household, and, I'll sh and God is saying, I'll show you uh, a land I will show you. Now, I want to just point out, I'm kind of tricking you here a little bit. Uh, that's 12.1, but I just kind of gave you the background from 11, 56, 57, 59, 60, and then we get to 12.1. But, so these were, these were just people that uh, uh, were asked to pack up and move. I don't know about you, I do not like to move. Oh, that is, that's hard rock core stuff, man. That's when you really figure out who you really are. I mean, you, you look and say, I know I work very hard for that, but I'm not going to pick it up, throw it away. 
<laughs> I mean, that's when you really rip into yourself. This is a rip-in story. Faith is a rip-into-your-life story. I'll tell you, all the time I read the book, Life of Abraham, there's one thing I really have to say. I say, God, when you're kind of rough on this dude, I'd like a little more information. Get up and leave and go. And they go to Haran, and they get to Haran, and, and, uh, and oh, before I tell the story, is this, this verse in Joshua, and you're saying, oh, you're jumping all over the place. But here's an interesting thing about this verse in Joshua. Joshua says, after they capture the promised land, after they get through the captivity, after they finally get over there, after they finally get in, after they finally win, and they're all sitting there going, man, are we something. Joshua says, now fear the Lord, serve him with all faithfulness. That's the interesting thing about the word faithfulness. Faithful word, faithfulness, when we say, I got faith. Faith is never just faith. It's faithfulness. It's continuous action. He says, faithfulness, throw away your gods of your forefathers. Worship beyond the river. Huh? What river? What forefathers? Abraham. What Abraham left, he says, don't go back to. Don't go back there. But you can if you want to. But if you're seeking him, you won't. And then he says, and, uh, and in Egypt, or beyond the river, or beyond the river, and in Egypt, and in Egypt, is your father, forefathers, that were raised in Egypt. You don't want to go back to Egypt. You don't want to go back to Ur. You want to live for God right here, right now. That's what faith looks like. Living for God right here and right now. Okay, what slide am I on? Okay, for, <laughs> tip number three. All right, all right. So, so, and and uh, uh, all right. Let's move on. <laughs> tip number four. Oh, I, I let's go back to that one, John. Uh, no, let's go back to three. One more. I want to emphasize, separate. One of the things that you've got to get in the life of Abraham, he's constantly separating. He's separating from Ur, gets to Aram. God says, well, you're on the right road, but you're not done. Then what happens? His dad dies. Jesus said, love me more than mom and dad. God says, Dad died? Pack him up. You've got to go. <laughs> That's not quite where I want you. It's interesting how God keeps bumping us along. Uh, if I remember it, I'll bring out another point just a little later on. But Dad dies, and there's a move. It's interesting what things we need to separate from. There's things that are in our heart and in our mind have been there since we were raised as little kids and we need to be separated from. Okay, back to tip number four. I think that's where we are, Sean. Faith includes promises. I like this one. So he finally gets to where God really intended him to get in the first place in chapter 12, first chapter, and it says, I will make you a great nation. And, and so faith the promises come with faith. There's good things that come with taking the step of faith. 
There's good things that come with it. This is an important little piece right here. He gives this, this one little, two little scriptures here. I will make you a great nation. <laughs> I want to tell you what. Uh, my grandfather, I, in fact, I, their Benjamin Hannaford fought in the Revolutionary War. My grandfather fought in World War I, my grandfather, my father in World War II. I'm proud of this country and I love this country. Sometimes not so proud, but I love this country. But he's saying to us here, just like he says, like John said last week, and, and John, the spiritual, we are the spiritual Israel. And, and we have a country that is going to last beyond this country. My, Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven. What's on that wall in our church that we always say that every Sunday morning? What's that, what's that group called about our young kids? They are called what? Uh, no, what? New city kids. New city kids. There is a promise in there. But there is a new city. We're new city kids. This is where this has come from. That's why it's on our wall. We want to teach our kids, yep, honor your country, abide by the rules, but you are really, your citizenship is in eternity with God. This, come, this will come and go. Guarantee it. But our citizenship is in heaven. So that, that we're led by, we are, we are all new city kids. I will bless you. It simply means that God is going to bring values into your life. He's going to bring values. Now he's going to, he may not bring you an escalade, but he will bring a value in your life so that you will not be a fool. I don't know about you. I don't like being a fool. I, I can do it real easy, but I would like not to be. I would like to not be fooled by this world. And that's part of the blessing. God gives direction. Now, people all the time say, I just need to go find myself. Oh, <laughs> there you are. Who are you? And what are your values? And the next one here says, I will make your name great. How many of you would like to be great? <clears throat> Good. Okay, two, three, four. You can't put your hand down now. You've got to say this. I will make your name great. Wouldn't you like to be a big shot? Of course you want to be a big shot. That's the whole thing. This whole book's about Abraham. He's a big shot. You want to be great. Now here's where people get screwed up on this. Good leaders are confident leaders. But good leaders are humble. Seems like a dichotomy, but you've got to have both. And Moses, or excuse me, Abraham had the moxie to say, I know, I'm confident, but I'm also willing to bow and seek him. And bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Here's the problem, Christians. Mom, Dad, when you stand up for your faith at home, 
or stand up at the job or stand up in the community or stand up for it in the church, there's going to be some people who won't like that. And they're going to push back. But I can't believe there's not one parent or grandparent in this room this morning that if they hear that their grandchild or their child stood their ground for principles of truth in Christ are going to say, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You should have just fit in. That is the faith community. That's the faith community. That's the faith family. That has that kind of courage to do that. And all people on earth will be blessed to you. If you're going to live 50 years, you ought to make it count. If you live 80, you ought to make it count. If you live 20, you ought to make it count. I've been in funerals. <laughs> and I've seen grandkids get up. Talk about their grandpa. Because he decided he was going to be a big shot. And he was going to count for Christ in the eyes of that grandson. And leave and make a difference. If you're going to suck air, you ought to make a difference. Okay, that's tip. What was that? Four. Okay, tip number five. You have to close this up pretty quick here. Give you half price off today. Tip number five. Does not mean we won't have trials and problems. My, my, my. This is a quick exit for a lot of people in faith. Well, I believe God and I have a problem. Well, that's a good combination, God and problem. But when you leave God, then you've got a double problem. You're digging down, not up. Verse of Scripture says, Abram traveled through the land. Now this, and there's, if you read through this carefully, this is progression. Everything he gets deeper and deeper with God, deeper and deeper with God. It's a continuous thing. Through the land, and the Canaanites are in the land. Woo! Talking about bad neighborhood. God says, I'd like to have you move. I'd like to have you move to Canaan, or, uh, to the promised land. I'm going to show you a land. And your neighbors offer their babies living sacrifices. But don't let that bother you. I want you to live here and make a difference. Talking about the property value going down. And then the next verse says, uh, he traveled through the, there, there was a famine in the land, and Ab Abram, no, his name, he has a name change because it's a progression thing. Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. I mean, come on, people. I'd say, God, excuse me. I left Ur. I left Haran. I came down here and bought this property. Uh, this, and this, well, I didn't buy anything. I pitched my tent here. It's temporary. You're going you're gonna to walk me through the land. And now I've got Canaanite neighbors. And God, it's not a drop of rain. I can't even grow a tomato. Now you want me to pack up and go to Egypt. 
Come on, tell me your problems. <laughs> but didn't, but he's, the, he's the star of faith. And I'm going to just kind of insert right quickly here. People are like, churches are like people. Churches have problems. Now, there's a common denominator there. Churches have people. Right? That's probably, if I had a church without any people, I would not have any problems. Because we're the problem. You know, we say, yeah, we all know that we're sinners and we're saved by grace. But do you know that? <laughs> and, and Abraham has a cycle. He's going through this. God is just, God knows it's hard for us to leave. It's hard for us to separate. It's hard for us to get the guts to take the chance to stand up and say, that's not the right way. So he keeps pushing along, keeps pushing us on. Okay, so we got to quit. All right, so that's, that's number five. And uh, so and just to kind of finish this off, so none of you will gripe, because I'm sure none of you gripe. Uh, So we'll give you the full meal deal here. Sean's going to go through. We'll just hit the last five main points, Sean. Okay. Six, if you're going to have faith in Abraham, you're going to have to be involved with growth and maturity. That means you can't act like a two-year-old your entire life. Sometimes we have to grow up. I catch myself acting like a two-year-old more often than I want to tell you. You know, it's interesting, throughout the especially gospel, especially John, he keeps calling us, oh, little children, oh, little children. He got, he had, I was wondering, why did he say that? Well, now we know. Okay, tip number seven. It's not a one-time event, it's a lifelong pilgrimage. And, and, and those two kind of are hooked together there, maturity and growth, and it's not a one-time event. And the reason why I put those two tips of faith there is so often we say, well, I'm willing to serve in the church until I get a backache or until I get a headache or until I get an arthritis. And now I'm going to stop. I ain't going to even come pray. No, it's not a, a one-time event. You, are, you ever heard of uh, kids getting uh, growth spurts? All right, three of you. All right. You know, well, have, you heard, have you heard that thing, growth pains? Is that what they used to say? Growing pains, growing pains, yeah, growing pains. It's, it's, it's when the bone gets growing so fast, the tendon is not quite there, and it stretches that tendon, and it really hurts. Man, I remember just lying in bed at night, something, good night, my legs are just killing me. That's spiritual growth, if you take that analogy out. You should feel a little bit of a rub. There should be some discomfort in your spiritual development. That's okay. God understands who we are. There should be some stretch and some maturity. And it's not. You're not just reach a certain age. Done. Uh, don't do that to the kingdom. Don't do it to the church. Don't do it to yourself. It 
fogs up your brain cells. You need to stay engaged. You need to be stretching. Okay, next one. Eight will require a personal investment. Whoa. I don't know if I even touched on that. <laughs> Scripture says Abraham's out sitting around by the tent. There's only eight times where God is recorded in Scripture talks to Abraham. 175 years. That's not enough for me. Because we don't live in that now. We live with the Holy Spirit within us. Walks up, the angels walk up. Abraham. Uh, you're going to have a son. Of course, we know he screwed that up many times. He says, yeah, sure. Now, he's getting close to 99. I don't know about you, but that's pretty good positive thinking there. 99. And he says, and God, speaking through the angels, uh, where's your wife? <laughs> Wait a minute, that's personal. No, it's not personal. It's you. And when I come back, you better have an expansion on your tent. personal. And when he took Isaac up to the altar, believing that God would raise him from the dead, Isaac said, okay, Dad. That's family. Connect it with faith. And tip number nine, require courage and trust to stay the course. He says there one man, Abraham, one man, one person, you, you, you can make a difference. Don't wait till he makes a difference or she makes a difference. You make the difference. You don't wait till the elders say or the this says or that person says. You make the difference. You step up. And then the tenth tip will satisfy the deepest longings of your heart. I've got this little, uh, this is an excerpt from a, a lecture that Helen Keller gave at a college. Now, I, I don't know whether you know of Helen Keller. Uh, she was born blind and deaf. Now, last Sunday, Greg came up here after his accident, and he's blind. And we prayed for him as he's going to blind school. This last week we had lunch with him. When you can't see, and you're a young man, and you decide to go to a country which he has never been, we sat there and talked about Colorado, and talked about the eastern uh, slope, and Littleton, Cheyenne, Denver, Colorado Springs, Durango. Never been there, he said. But I'm going. Helen Keller, in her death and blindness, since birth, made this speech. In her talk, she said, 
Most people measure their happiness in terms of physical pleasure and possessions. But if happiness is so measured, then I who cannot hear or see have every reason to sit in a corner with folded hands and weep. But as sinners sometimes stand in a meeting to testify of the goodness of God, so one who is called afflicted may also rise in the gladness to testify to his goodness. The struggle of life is one of the greatest blessings. It makes us patient, sensitive, godlike. It teaches us that although the world is full of suffering, it also is full of overcoming of it. Humanity was not made to be like a fat caterpillar, mulching on cabbage leaves with ease. People were made to risk the conflict, to wrestle with the hard problems, and struggle, and to make something worthy of themselves. This we know instinctively. The trouble, the problems need not flatten us. The risk can be the rocks on which we climb. Abraham's life was not easy, but he saw purpose in his difficulties and in his conflicts, and he kept moving ahead, growing and responding to the challenge that God placed before him. That's the faith of Abraham, and it's supposed to be in us. Let's pray. Gracious God, ah, May I be the first here this morning before your throne. To confess, confess my inadequate faith. Lazy. Weak. Distracted easily. God, we want to be truly citizens of your kingdom and live and walk and talk and think like it and serve you while we're here in this little vapor of the life. Lord, if there be one heart here and soul this morning that has not considered your son for their Lord, Lord, that they would do it this morning. And Lord, for those that already have, God, may we step up with faith as you have instructed us. And your example through our father of faith, Abraham. In Christ's name, amen. Let's stand and sing this song together. Remember, as we're singing together, the Hebrew text that we didn't get to this morning was, they, we are with this great crowd of witnesses. Millions of history books, millions across the globe, unknown names that put their faith in Christ. And we with them. Let's don't let them down. Let's make them proud. Let's live it. All we got the shot to.